this week on Choice Hacking. Have you ever been shopping and put something in your cart just to think about it? You weren't sure if you were going to buy it, but you wanted to walk around with it for a little bit to see if your mind changed. Did you end up buying it or did you put it back on the shelf? Well, chances are you kept it in the basket and took it to the checkout. That's because it turns out that the intent to own or owning an item can create emotional bonds that people don't want to break. I'm Jennifer Kleinhens, and you're listening to Choice Hacking, a podcast about applying behavioral science and psychology to business marketing, experience design, and more. Join me today as we examine the endowment effect and how you can use it to perfect your marketing and customer experience. But before we get started, I want to take a moment to talk about my newest Choice Hacking Academy course, How to Get More Clients with Science. If you work in an agency or consultancy, you're a freelancer or a service industry entrepreneur, I don't have to tell you that finding new clients is the lifeblood of your business. But selling your services can feel mysterious when you don't understand the psychology behind why clients buy. Luckily for us, behavioral science and psychology can give us a window into the world of B2B sales with evidence-based strategies and proven tactics. This course took me hundreds of hours to research and thousands of hours of real-world experience to put together, so I hope you'll join me. We'll have live office hours, Q&As, and you'll even get a blockchain-registered certificate to show off on your LinkedIn or your resume. To learn more and decide if it's right for you, visit choicehacking.com forward slash clients. That's choicehacking.com forward slash C-L-I-E-N-T-S. Now on to the show. The endowment effect says people place a higher value on things that they already own or they intend to buy. This effect has been widely documented with bottles of wine, mugs and pens, even lottery tickets and housing prices. Even some non-human species have shown endowment effect-like behaviors when studied in captivity. An everyday example of the endowment effect happens when people sell their homes. Often they overestimate how much their house is worth because they're emotionally invested in it. When you spend a decade or more of your life watching your kids grow up someplace, it tends to have that effect. Professor Dan Ariely explored the endowment effect through the lens of Duke University basketball. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Duke basketball, all you need to know is that the Duke versus the University of North Carolina game is the biggest one of the year. These two teams are both college basketball powerhouses and their legendary rivalry dates back decades. This game also takes place in an area of the United States where basketball, to put it mildly, is a religion. To score tickets to the big game, students camp outside for weeks. Then they're allowed to enter a lottery for a chance to win tickets. Dan Ariely, who is also a professor at Duke, reached out to students who'd won tickets and those who'd entered the lottery but didn't win. Both groups had invested the same amount of pain, time, and effort to enter the lottery, but some had won and others hadn't. The question Ariely wanted to answer 
was would ownership affect how much the students thought the tickets were worth? And the results were interesting. Students who lost the lottery said they'd pay, on average, $170 a ticket. But students who won the lottery and already owned the tickets asked 170% more for the same ticket. The lottery winners overvalued their tickets because they were emotionally attached to them. The more emotions are associated with the product, the more people value it. And once someone owned the Duke UNC tickets, they began to fantasize about attending the game. Lottery winners were already creating what Ariely called free memories of the game. It felt like selling their tickets would cause them to miss out on these fun future experiences. You see the endowment effect in action everywhere in marketing and customer experience. So here's just a few examples. First, money-back guarantees and warranties. Brands know that if you use their product, you're less likely to want to give it up. Guarantees can also help lower the risk of trying a new product and make customers willing to spend more. For example, the outerwear brand Canada Goose famously offers a lifetime warranty on its products and will repair coats themselves. There have been several brands that historically have offered similar lifetime warranties, from Barber Outerwear, a favorite of the British royal family, to Doc Martin Boots, who discontinued their famous lifetime guarantee just a few years ago. Next are free trials. A free trial helps customers feel that they're using and owning a product, even if it's just temporary. They're less likely to give up the product after the trial because now they feel emotionally bonded to something they've been using in their everyday lives. For example, Casper, the direct-to-consumer mattress brand, offers a 100-night trial so people can sleep on the bed in the comfort of their own home without feeling like they're obligated to buy it. The endowment effect can also be seen in free return policies. Studies have shown that people are reluctant to return something once they've already bought it. A free returns policy can not only trigger the endowment effect once people take an item home, it can also attract more customers to buy in the first place. For example, Costco, the bulk retailer, offers a famously lenient returns policy. It doesn't matter if you're missing your receipt or you bring back something that's 10 years old, they will refund 100% of your money, no questions asked. Last, we have my favorite ways to apply the endowment effect to marketing and customer experience. First is something called haptic imagery. Haptic imagery describes an image or even words that encourage the mental visualization of touch. Images that show people interacting with a product or copy that features touching language can trigger the endowment effect. Consumer electronics brands commonly use haptic imagery to make potential customers imagine owning their products. Apple, for example, has moved away from product-only visuals to products in hands imagery in its ads. When Apple was advertising in the late 90s and early 2000s, they focused on the beauty of the products themselves. Most commercials featured an iPhone or a Mac spinning on an all-white background, now these products are more likely to be shown being used and being touched by people. Next is sampling and product experiences. Whether you're snacking on a sample of cheese or drinking some free wine, brands know that sampling can drive a host of benefits, 
from kickstarting new customer habits to driving sales. One study of grocery store sampling practices showed that they drove product sales by as much as 2,000%. Last is letting customers try before they buy. People who try on or test your products are more likely to buy them. Changing rooms, for example, can drive sales because they give people a chance to practice owning clothing items. It's also why car test drives are so successful. On average, people only test drive 1.9 cars before they feel confident enough to buy one. 84% take a test drive before making a decision. That's because once we get into a new car and test it out, we imagine ourselves driving it every day, creating those pre-memories we talked about earlier. We're less likely to give up those pre-memories once we've started creating them, whether it's with the car or another product. If you want to apply the endowment effect in your marketing or customer experience, here are a few things to be aware of. First, it works best in what are called self-enhancing cultures. Now, these are cultures in which people think highly of themselves and are more individualistic. Next, the endowment effect works best with items that make us feel good about ourselves. For example, if people are asked to give up an exercise machine that they never use, that might remind them that they're out of shape, they won't value it as highly as an item that raises their self-esteem, like an expensive purse that makes them feel good for having a high-paying job. With those points in mind, if you want to apply the endowment effect to your marketing and customer experience, start by asking yourself a few questions. Number one, do we give customers enough opportunity to see other people interacting with the product? Consider changing brand guidelines to include human hands or people using, tasting, or touching the product. Number two, do we evoke ownership in our product descriptions and images? Do we allow customers to touch and feel or try on the product themselves? Consider where in your experience customers could try on or trial your product. Could you offer in-store tests or sampling? Number three, do we offer a low-risk way for customers to try or use the product? Consider offering a money-back guarantee to get customers buying the product, taking it home, experiencing it, and bonding with it. Thank you for listening to the Choice Hacking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would share it on social media. It takes me 20 plus hours to put together every episode, and it's a huge help when you share an episode with your LinkedIn, Twitter, or even your TikTok followers. And don't forget, you can learn more about behavioral science and psychology applied to business when you subscribe to the free Choice Hacking email list. You'll join more than 7,000 UX, CX, and marketing folks from companies like Google, Coke, and Disney who get my newsletter. To sign up, just visit choicehacking.com forward slash subscribe. That's choicehacking.com forward slash subscribe. Until next time. I hit record it, Jap, you can't ignore it. I'm transforming now these cars and planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets.